When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the 54th episode of Kiwi and the Bird, Book Nerds in Session. I'm Taylor. I'm Kami. And in this episode, we're going to go into an in-depth discussion about the hopeless and heartbreaking Once Upon a Broken Heart by Stephanie Garber. If this is your first time listening, welcome. Here's how our book discussions work. We're going to try to fit in all of our thoughts and feelings for Once Upon a Broken Heart in just one hour. If you like this episode, and if you want to support the podcast, just click on the link in the episode description. Now, as we discuss everything about Once Upon a Broken Heart, and I mean everything, here is your one and only... Spoiler alert! Kami, would you like to give us a spoiler alert sound effect? Um, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Uh, sure. (laughs) That was my heartbreaking. Oh, Because it's a broken heart. Oh, what broke your heart? Um, a lot of things today. (laughs) And now, on to the show. So, with a story that's called Once Upon a Broken Heart, you can expect that there just might be a broken heart involved. And with a broken heart, there typically comes romance. Oh. For me, it's food. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, food doesn't break your heart. That's the entire reason why we keep doing it. When it gives you food poisoning. It breaks your stomach. (laughs) (laughs) But let's talk about the romance in Once Upon a Broken Heart. Um, okay. On a conceptual level, I'm really into it. Oh, yeah. Just like, (laughs) I mean, it's kind of an anime cliche if you think about it. I don't watch anime, so I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's like. The cold, like, unemotional man who doesn't actually want to give you any attention. And then it's, like, (laughs) the small, pink-haired, naive girl who just keeps pursuing love, no matter the cost. (laughs) It was a little bit of that. Um, I mean, it was better because most animes are, like, uber toxic. Not saying this one isn't, but this it's fictional, so it's fine. Like I said this in the recommendation, but Jax is the like just has the characteristics of a character that I will always like. Um, I think we both said that we wanted that to be pushed a little bit more, but I will say I did really like Evangeline and her naive, naive. I can't say Na- that word. Naivety, innocence, naivety. Yeah, that's better. <laughs> in her innocence and just like wanting to pursue love, I am interested to see where the romance goes. Especially where the book left off. And I'm not going to lie. That one scene when he was like turning into a vampire and he like kind of makes out with her. Without touching her lips. Yes. <laughs> I was like, mm, why am I kind of here for it? <laughs> Kami, not going to lie. There was a video on Instagram on Reels where someone took just the lines of that scene and put it against a little video backdrop. And I was like, I don't know what this book is, but I have to read it. (laughs) It was the line where he was like, 
she was like, you don't even like me. He's like, I can't think of anything else I like more right now. And I was like, oh, oh. yeah. Angst? <laughs> yes, please. Yeah, I think for me, okay, I do love the idea of a Jackson and Evangeline, you know, because they do have the opposites of tract. They do have, like, the immortal god and the innocent girl thing going on. I kind of made that sound creepy. I didn't mean to. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, like, the naive girl, but I don't know if that makes better. Anyways, but I felt like this book could have been more romantically angsty. Oh, my gosh. I was thinking the exact same thing. Yeah, like, I felt like there that in every situation that could have just been pushed a little harder where, because Jax has a little too much power. Mm -hmm. I wanted Evangeline to push back. You know, Jax has power over who, not who, like, okay, sorry. Evangeline is in debt to Jax with three kisses. Mm -hmm. But I wanted her to kind of get revenge on him with those three kisses by, like, kissing Prince Apollo more when it wasn't required. Mm. Or, you know, like, kind of going out of her way to try to stir something in Jax by kind of taking his rules and rebelling against them. Ooh, that, ooh. Or, like, playing his rules against himself. Maybe, like, threatening to kiss him. Ooh. Because she knows, like, what would happen to her, but she's like, you need me, and I know you do. Yes. Ugh. Or, like, threat. because I wanted there to, with Prince Apollo, I just felt like I didn't know anything about the guy. Right? Yeah. And I was like, I kind of liked that he was this vain, arrogant prince at the beginning, you know, getting portraits of himself done at a party. I was like, <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> <laughs> and so I wanted to see more about him. I kind of wanted to see... His personality, you know, and like what he was actually like, but almost instantaneously, Evangeline kisses him and he kind of turns into a lovesick puppy, which I didn't mind, but I felt like it just it could have been explored more. Yeah, I mean, in a story with three, technically three love interests, like you would expect there to be a lot more angst. Yes. Like, I think I agree with you on the Apollo part. Like, I liked um, the idea of his character that he's this vain, arrogant prince. Who turns into this lovesick puppy because of the spell. And then I wanted to see him after it was broken. Yes. I wanted to see what that would reap for her. Poor guy just died immediately. Yeah. That's one killer kiss. <laughs> <laughs> but like I wanted there to be more like push and pull with Apollo and Evangeline. Just to like annoy Jax. Yes. Like almost that Evangeline is actually developing real feelings for Apollo. And so it becomes more personal. And then Jax is getting frustrated because he can tell it's becoming something real. It creates that jealousy. Yes. And then you can't tell. Is it because of his emotions or because it goes against the prophecy? Yes. Yay. Because also, this is going to sound bad, but I wanted feelings to be hurt between the characters. <laughs> yeah. You know, I wanted Jack's feelings to be hurt. I wanted Evangeline's feelings to be hurt because... Jax actually seems pretty devoted throughout the book, even though I don't know if that's supposed to be what he comes off as. Devoted in what way? Because when you hear the idea of, like, a prince of hearts, you'd think that he'd kind of be kissing girls and breaking hearts everywhere. And we know that he has a past, and I'm assuming his past is in the original Caraval series with Donatella, a.k.a. Tella. I don't know. I'm just assuming that. Um, but I felt like he could have been more of, like, a heartbreaker player kind of character that he... Could that that could maybe round him out a little bit more, create a little bit more angst because I believe it's Lala who says that the fates are essentially drawn to what hurts them and or destroys them. You know, so like Jax, he's 
a lot more inclined to kiss someone because his true love can survive his kiss. And so there's always kind of that urge. But I just wanted to see that urge throughout the story Mm. much more. I felt like the only real connection we had between Evangeline and Jax was at the end. With the rest of the story, I felt like it was too much of like bargain deal, unemotional. I do see what you mean. Um, I disagree slightly in that I did like that his character was more withdrawn and cold because like, I don't, I like, I don't know his past. I haven't read the Caraval series. Um, Carval, whatever, whatever, however it's pronounced. I pronounce everything wrong. Sorry. Yeah. Like Dobie. That's another <laughs> story though. <laughs> Just look <slipped> in. <laughs> Am I still upset about it? Maybe. Um, but I, I like the idea of, like, oh, but I have gone through all this heartbreak. Like, it's it's kind of like the fates aren't what you would expect them to be, mm. right? Because I think if it's the Prince of Hearts, you do expect him to be a playboy. You don't expect him to be reserved and cold. And with, like, Lala, like, you expected her to be, like, weepy and everything. But she's not. She's, like, the life of the party. She's this, like, master seamstress, right? So I like that they're not what they seem. Though I do agree that he did need something else that was just, like, pushing him. And maybe we could have found that if we had read um, the Caraval series. Mm. But I, I do wish there was just a little bit more for, like, the readers who just started with Once Upon a Broken Heart. Yeah. Because I think with just starting with it, I just wanted there to be a little bit more opening up between Evangeline and Jax. Even if it's kind of, like, mean opening up where she says why she loves Luke. And so then he's like... Well, that's stupid, which he kind of does. I know at one point he makes fun of her. He's like, oh, he just talked to you, you know, and that's all it took. I wanted to see a little bit more of that because then when we get to we get to know the characters and the characters get to know each other. Yeah, like the scene where Luke is turning into a vampire. I was like, yes, I want more of this because Jax is like, dude, we got to (laughs) go. But it's like, oh, do we have to go because... You know, they actually have to or because you just don't want this happening. Mm-hmm. You don't want to watch it. Like, I love I loved that. Yes. You know, and like Evangeline being who she is, you know, she gives him the sword and then he comes out and then angst ensues. <laughs> Bit by vampire as one is. <laughs> as what happens. And yeah, I mean, I'm still I, like, I'm st- I will read the sequel. I will. Because it, the romance does interest me. Yeah. That Venom scene hit it home. It did. Honestly, and also just like the scene where he like he has her in his lap, but he's like not trying so like not to not like affectionately hold her. Yes. Yeah. I was like when she was poisoned with the tears. Yes. Yes. I was like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) You hate each other, but you don't. And I did. I did like that. They didn't kiss each other in this first book. I did like that. And so I was like, oh, now I have something to look forward to in the sequel. (laughs) Yeah, it, it's not like, I don't think the book needed a kiss or anything mm-hmm. like that. I just wanted a little bit more turmoil, a little bit more toying with feelings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I know I, and I know Apollo's probably going to come back in the second book. But I did want a little bit more of him in this first one. Me too. When he, um, when Apollo died, it took me off guard. Um, I felt like it was a little bit strange for it to happen when it did. Mm-hmm. I felt like maybe it needed to happen either earlier in the story or at the end of the story so that we either know the guy or we don't. And and I did wish that we got to know Apollo more, mainly just for the angst purposes, but also because Apollo is the conflict. Mm-hmm. And so it feels like with everything surrounding him that there did need to be more with him. Yeah. 
Honestly, that whole thing with Apollo reminded me of an episode of Danny Phantom. <laughs> <laughs> when Danny Phantom um, got a love spell on him to distract him from whatever the ghost was doing, right? And he falls for his best friend Sam, and you know they're you know they're gonna be Endgame, but it's one of those where it's like, Ooh, yeah, like, like the first teaser, putting it, yeah, putting it in, and then like, <laughs> but that episode was so satisfying because like once he's like out of it, he's like, wait, that wasn't real, and then you're like, and then you're kind of left with the, oh no, what happens now? But like it's not confirmed, but it's also like, where are we? But it's like this. Mm-hmm. It was so satisfying as a child. I rewatched it like a year ago. It was still satisfying as an adult, and I wanted that in this. Yes, yes. And also, I wanted to know, and I don't know if this is in the Caramel series, in fairness, but I wanted to know more about Apollo and Jack's relationship. Mm. You know, why are they kind of cohorts? Why are they kind of friends but not? And also, how is it that Jackson kind of just so easily betray Apollo? Poor guy. I mean, I always thought that he was just using him. I didn't really feel a lot of kinship between Oh, them. I thought there was kind of like some sort of, maybe I misread it, as I often do. But I will say that I did like the scene where um, Evangeline kisses Apollo, and then Jax is like, that's enough. Yeah, Jax is like, time to go. I was like, yeah, he's jealous. <laughs> or the scene where um, right before that, where Jax kind of seduces Evangeline so that she she becomes a person of interest at the party. I was Mm -hmm. like, Oh, that was hot. (laughs) So like, I, I'm not going to lie. Like the romance does have its angsty moments. Yes. Just a little bit more, just a tad bit more. Yeah. Also with Luke, I was on Jack. Well, I I was naturally on Jack's side where it's like, why would you want a man who's marrying your sister? But nonetheless, I was like, why does Evangeline love Luke? I felt, I felt like they should have had a deeper romantic connection to warrant why she did everything she did i disagree i know that he is supposed to be a manipulator and a player and i don't mind that he was playing her but i wish there was just a little bit more emotions and memories on her end to kind of explain why she fells for him so easily oh i do see that um i kind of did like that he wasn't really in it though because um there was the scene where she does kiss apollo and she's just like this this never happened with Luke. Like I never felt this with Luke. Mm. So it's kind of like when, when she first fell for Luke, like it's like her first time, you know, she doesn't really know what's happening, but since it's her first, like she wants to hold on to it. And then like when she sees another option, then she realizes, wait, that wasn't as much as I thought it was. Luke is a zero out of five and Apollo is (laughs) (laughs) 10 out of 10. (laughs) (laughs) Except he's dead. Oh, ouch. R.I.P. But I do, I do, I do wish we had seen maybe like a letter to her or just like, I do admit like something else to just kind of like cement it just a little bit more just so we did understand why she was so infatuated with him. Yeah. Cause I was like, yeah, I was like, Jax, Jax knows. He's like, why are you doing this? <laughs> why would you ever make this decision? Oh, honestly, when he, when Luke was turning into a vampire, I kind of got it. I was like. Oh, if I loved a boy and he was turning into a vampire and he asked me something and he had eyes like Luke, then I wouldn't be able to say no either. <laughs> I know. But I'm like, I, am, I I recognize that that's a bad decision, but I make lots of them. <laughs> I recognize that it's, I'm consistent. Yes. Consistently making bad decisions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be me. Mm-hmm. That's is why I'm not in a relationship. <laughs> that's my job description. <laughs> 
Now, this book also has quite a few side characters that we might want to discuss. Might. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Will you make the cut? Undecided. We'll see. TBD. TBD. <laughs> so, yeah, who was your favorite side character of the bunch? <laughs> or, like, which side character intrigued you most? Um, There was a character that annoyed me. <gasps> Wait, do I get to guess? Yeah, you can. Marisol? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not necessarily, I mean, no, Marisol did annoy me because she, like, played the victim. Yeah, I was going to say, probably because she was fake. Yeah, and that's really annoying to me. That makes sense. I'm like, <laughs> like, either own up to your sins <laughs> or <laughs> repent. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Like, I was I was annoyed with Marisol just being fake, but I was also annoyed at Evangeline's, like, reaction to her. At the end? Throughout the book. Oh. I was like, she's obviously going against you. And I mean, like, that's just, like, foreshadowing for the reader. But I was like, girl. I mean, I can understand your doubts because I myself am an overthinker and will doubt literally everything. However, this girl's out to get you. I mean... When Marisol kept going off by herself, you know, in the market, at the ball. When she danced with Jax, I was like, oh, dear. This is code 101. Code red and and white. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, when I first read that um, Jax danced with Marisol, in my mind, I constructed this plot line that I thought was going to happen, but didn't. <laughs> that Marisol went to the shop. To find a spell to disguise herself so she looks like Evangeline. And so that's why Jax danced with her. Is because Jax really wanted to dance with Evangeline. But then, of course, that didn't happen. And that just shows that I just thought too much. (laughs) Because Jax might be using Evangeline. It's fine. It's fine. Um, But yeah, Marisol bugged me. And I was like, no redemption. Make her a villain. (laughs) (laughs) You were fake for too long. I love how Marisol was like, hey, I lied to you, but you lied to me? No. Oh, my gosh. That (laughs) bugged me. I was like, oh, oh, so you can lie. But if someone does it to you, you're going to call the guards. You're going to play the victim. Are you freaking kidding me? Mm -hmm. I was like, Evangeline lost her mother and her father. And you tried to marry the love of her life because you were jealous. And you have the audacity. (laughs) To play the victim? Oh. I mean, yeah. Is your mother terrible? Yes. Guess what? Lots of people have terrible mothers. Really? There's no no excuse. No. And I was like, Evangeline, don't forgive her. <laughs> At the end, I don't think she, I don't think you can forgive someone who calls the guards on you. I mean, she, but why did Evangeline forgive her? For, like, admitting to stealing the love of her life. I think, though, that at least was so in the past. And I think Evangeline felt bad enough for her at that time. Oh, so am I just, like, a really petty person that holds on to grudges? Because <laughs> <laughs> I can. I will. I am. Don't doubt me. I, I will. But what do you think about Lala? At first, we think she's just a competitor. Oh, I knew she was something more. I was like, mm, fate. <laughs> like, you're, you're too cool. <laughs> like, when you first read, like, because the book um, also has, like, the newspaper. Yeah. 
that like kind of tells you like that sets the the gossipy yes. stage. Lady Whistledown esque. <laughs> um. So when I read like her little snippet and like that little part of the uh book, I was like, mm, she's a fate. <laughs> she's like unknown past. I was like fate. <laughs> <laughs> Origins mysterious. No immortal. Duh. <laughs> I did though. I liked what Lala said about what her urges about how she kind of has the desire to fall in love with people only to be left at the altar. So she tries to stave those feelings off by making wedding dresses and helping people with their weddings. I was like, Oh, that was so sad. That was sad. I was was like, like, I'm glad you have a hobby. I'm not going to lie though. Like the fates, they were, they're very interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Like I very much like the lore of them. Yes. And so with Lala, I was like, what did you do to end up like this? What happened? Because <laughs> I was like, that's really sad. Like, falling in love with someone to the point where you're about to make a life commitment, and then they're like, nah. And they just leave you at the altar? Peace. <laughs> like, oof. Yeah. Like, ouch. That's an oof of the heart. That's an oof from the bottom of the heart. That's the, the that's tip. The, that's the most painful part. The bottom of the heart? Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. It's because the bottom of the part is like the good part of an ice cream cone. When you get to the bottom, it has the chocolate in it. Mm. That's the bottom of the heart. Mm. So when you don't get to eat it, then you know you're broken. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> now, what did you think about Tiberius? I was like, bro, you killed your brother. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, bro, bro, chill. <laughs> chill, bro. Like, I kind of wanted him, like, I knew he was going to be part of, like, the secret society, because I was like, you got cult written all over you. <laughs> <laughs> um, But I think I did want more of him in the story. Yeah, I did want him, because we only really hear mentions of him. I didn't even think that we'd meet him in the story, in all honesty. So when we did, I was like, oh. And then he was bad, and I was like, oh. <laughs> and then he killed his brother. I was like, oh. <laughs> He's kind of like the unintentional bad. Yes. Because he's like trying, he's he's truly trying to protect what he thinks is right and like not letting the prophecy come to pass. Um, and I mean, I, I it did make me wonder like, why is this prince part of it? Like, is Apollo a part of it? Like, did Apollo know? Is that why he maybe like part of like, yes, he was under a spell, but maybe like he also had control mm. a little bit and was yeah. trying to like marry Evangeline to like stop the prophecy, things like that, right? Mm. So like Tiberius. I think was the biggest point of intrigue for me, just with like the background and the lore and everything. Um, which is why when at the end when he like does admit to killing his brother unintentionally, I was a little bit like, This is a little rushed. Like I kinda wish it was kinda left in a mystery. But like I kinda get it in the terms of just like at the end I'm like, Oh wait, Apollo's not actually dead kind of thing. Mm. But I just wish it was done maybe in a different way. I think for me I wish that the confession was a little bit more, well, not as convenient mm. because in the chapters before Evangeline just so happens to grab that one drink. What's it called? Oh, well, she says she was drawn to it. Yeah, she was drawn to it, but like she just so happened to take it. He so happened to drink it and thus confesses everything where it's like a plot element that I wish would have been built up a little bit more. Throughout the story, like, maybe she drank it earlier and told Jax some honest things accidentally. Mm. Therefore, we know at the end that I can make someone tell the truth. Mm. 
Because I felt like there was just too many explanations in that moment for Tiberius's confession to feel natural. Yeah, it was like there were too many explanations that you were kind of like, oh my gosh, what's happening? Yeah. I was like, all I know is that he drank some go-go juice <laughs> and landed in jail. But yeah, I like Tiberius. I like I I still go by what I said in that he's still the point of intrigue, and I still like I want to see him in the sequel. I want to see him like, oh wait, I didn't kill my brother? Question mark. Oh, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to protect people? Question mark. Maybe I'm not so bad? Question mark. Maybe I'll have a, he's probably going to have a love story at some point, probably. Marisol. No. She's the worst. (laughs) They were set to be wet, though. Yeah, because Marisol's a little manipulative. Wait, but I was confused. Who gave Tiberius the love potion for Marisol? Or is it unknown? Marisol gave it to him. But she gave, she said I gave the love potion to Luke, but she said I didn't do it with Tiberius. Did she? I'm pretty sure. Oh, no, no, she did. I didn't put a spell on Tiberius. I learned the lesson after the lesson. Luke, I saw the spells I really deserve. He had something I never meant to hurt you, Silver. So then who lovey-dovey'd Tiberius? You know what? I was, there were so many explanations that I completely missed that. Did Jax lovey-dovey Tiberius? Maybe. We should probably figure that out later. (laughs) If you've read Once Upon a Broken Heart, let us know. Is it answered in this book? Is it a detail we missed? Or is it something answered in the sequel? Yeah, let us know. Yeah, let us know. We need your wisdom. Yes, please. Let's talk about our favorite themes slash moments in this book. And I'm and I know we've already talked about it, but we just we have to get it out there. The venom scene between Jackson and Evangeline. Pure angst, pure I can't kiss you, but I am kissing you. Oh, <laughs> life and death situation. It could all end now. But we're here. Yeah, I liked the scene, too, because it was kind of like them opening up to each other. Because we don't, we don't see Jack's opening up. And so it's just kind of like in the moment where he's like, well, I can do this or I can turn to a vampire. Which one's worse? <laughs> and so I was it did make me very interested in Jack's. I was like, what? Because his whole character is like he he had a broken heart. Right. Um, he got his heart broken and like every girl that he kisses and now deadly, blah, blah, blah. And so he's trying to find his true love. So really, he's kind of like Evangeline and like trying to find love. He's bitter, <laughs> bitter Evangeline, but he's, be- but he's become bitter. And so like to see like the vulnerability and like the reason behind the bitterness and like, oh, wait, maybe there is some softness underneath all that ice. You know, it was, it was good. Yeah. The, the ice broke away and gave way to heat. And it was hot. <laughs> Your face. <laughs> you look so traumatized. Yeah, I mean, that's that was probably a highlight. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like you said before, I did really like the lore behind the fates as well. Yes. I felt like it was kind of Alice Wonderlandy, and also kind of like the face cards and the deck of cards. Yeah, but also kind of Greek mythology. Yeah. Like a little bit. I mean, I'm pretty sure they probably answer this in Caraval series, but, like, the fact that, like, the fates were broken up from a deck of cards, right? They mentioned that, that the fates were, like, broken up from a deck of cards, and that's why they're on the earth. They're on, like, roaming around now. Yeah. I was interested as to why. Like, what yeah, happened the in the, the deck of cards? Like, why were they released? 
And I liked hearing about the references to the Fates, too. Like, I liked Poison. I was like, what are you all about, you little toxic son of a gun? I'm like, ooh. <laughs> Britney Spears. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good song. It is a good song. Have you heard the heavy metal version? No. It's it. Okay. Wait, have you heard the fantasy epic version, though? No. That hit. <laughs> <laughs> um... But yeah, I was very interested because like they said, they're like 16 fates and I think chaos was also one of them, mm-hmm. but he's like a vampire. And I was like, wait, I want to know his background. Why is he a vampire? No one else. Is. What what makes him special? Yeah. And why is he so old? Also, is he like chaos chaos or is that just his name? <laughs> it's just, it was very intriguing. And like, I was like, okay, we've seen like four out of 16. Like where are the other 12? Well, and also to kind of something that Evangeline kept mentioning throughout the story was the fates can be killed. Mm-hmm. So I was mm-hmm. like, how does one do this? Mm-hmm. Just out of curiosity, saying not plan and murder, maybe. I don't know. Depends on the fate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Joss can be in a little jerk. Little ice jerk, blue-haired jerk. But also the blue hair was hair. hot. Yeah, the golden hair. <laughs> I mean, I really liked like, the, 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 the symbolism of that. Yeah. Right, it's like... When he's first in his temple, he's like, he's there. He's like the heartbroken boy. And then he turns cold, so his hair turns blue. But then, like, his hair turns golden again when he's vulnerable. I like it. Yeah, I yeah. Like it. It's good. <laughs> I know a part, another part I liked in the story. It was literally a line that Jack said in the beginning that I was like, oh, oh, we're going there. Okay. Was when um, Evangeline goes to him in the church asking, hey, can you interrupt my sister's wedding? Da 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 da. And he's like, okay, sure, but you owe me three kisses. And she's like, well, what counts as a kiss? Something along these lines. And he's like, well, anything with tongue counts as a kiss. He said it in a sexy way. No, he was like, um, she was like, well, I have kissed Luke. And he's like, if there isn't tongue, then it doesn't count as a kiss. Yeah, I was like, oh! (laughs) It it took me off guard, but I was like, oh my gosh! He's the kind of guy who's like, (laughs) like, says raunchy things. But, like, in a very straightforward manner. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's very direct. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have morals in that sense. He doesn't have, um, what's it called? Shyness. Yeah. Yeah. He's very blunt about it. Yeah. And that was, no, I'm not going to lie. It was pretty, I, I know, like, the second you were, like, describing I was like, oh, my gosh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I love that moment so much. Actually, I think that was one of my favorite moments. Easily one of my favorite moments. Yeah, it's like. Your, your love interest needs to have, like, that one moment where you're just, like, sucked into their character. And so yeah. then you're just, like, saying, you're like, yes, I want to see what happens. Yes, like, that one. Was, yeah. That yeah. was his moment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. That was a good one. Literally, though, what you just said, like, when he said that, I was like, okay, I'm in this romance. I don't care yes. what happens. I don't care who has to get out of the picture. Luke, who is he? Don't care. <laughs> Jax. <laughs> so I do wonder. It does make me wonder because there's the whole Jackson Donatella thing. And I'm pretty sure they said that he kissed her, but she didn't die. And so Evangeline's like, so is Donatelle his true love? Like, what happened there? But th- So I was wondering, does that mean Evangeline isn't his true love? Well, I think with Donatella, if I remember correctly, that he kissed her and it almost kind of put her into a coma. Like a coma-like state. Well, I thought it almost killed her, but like they put her in a coma-like state. And so I don't think she's his true love. And also, I think mm. with the existence of this book... That she probably, probably isn't. isn't. Yeah. I kind of. Like I would hope not. Like, I would kind of like like the 
the push and pull of that of like mm. oh well she didn't die though and all the others have so True. maybe but also evangeline like, my heart is starting to... His heart started beating with Evangeline. It's true. That's true. Oh, he gonna get vulnerable. I'm so excited for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never knew I could get excited about a heartbeat, but here we are. Yeah. Here we are. Oh, I, I will say, I did like the introduction of Chaos. In that, like, we did see him before with, like, the helm and everything. Yeah. Because he, he just kind of, like, popped up, and so you were like, ooh. Mysterious who man who kind of sounds really hot. Okay. I mean, I think you have a thing with helmets. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> like, I get it. Don't like, I get it. But like, I truly think that you have a thing where like a man is just like his face is covered. So you can only really see his body. And, and I'm making it sound worse than it is. But like, <laughs> yeah, you like it when you can't see a guy's face. <laughs> Because I'm just thinking of the Call of Duty character you really like. Oh, like, whenever yeah. you see a guy in a motorcycle with a helmet. Okay, can we all <laughs> universally agree that it's hot, okay? <laughs> like, I swear, whenever there's, like, a helmet involved or, like, a mask, or you can't see their face, you're, like, immediately attracted. Like, I'm pretty sure this happened, too, with chest. He had a mask, it's true. <laughs> it creates intrigue. And, and and you're curious for more. It makes the face reveal even better, okay? <laughs> it's true. It is true. But, like, that also, I mean, just that part of the lore, too. Like, why does Chaos have a helmet? Why can't he bite anyone? I'm just, it's just very interesting. Actually, when Chaos was was um, reintroduced in the story the few times that you said, I actually thought it was Prince Apollo in hiding. Like, Ooh. he was trying to get to know his future princesses as oh, like a guard mm-hmm. but then i was like oh no that was wrong <laughs> <laughs> that would have been interesting though but i did i mean i did like that chaos was introduced to us before like it was just like a little bit of foreshadowing like oh you will end up with me at some point yeah like don't forget me i'm speedy run away in the shadows i'm a vampire <laughs> <laughs> say it out loud <laughs> vampire I mean, for our favorite moments, you can also just go to the romance because <laughs> the romance is always our favorite. It always is. We love angst. We love romance. There might be a hole in our lives. It's fine. We may not always admit it, but romance is what keeps us going and reading. No, literally, like when we're choosing books, if it doesn't have romance in it, we're very unlikely to read it. Honestly, guys. Okay. Look, no, that's it. No. <laughs> I can't defend it. Do we I need can't... an explanation, though? No. 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 I just need love. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, the antagonist. Well, we have a few antagonists in this I story. Mean, the love interest could be the antagonist. <laughs> the love interest, the stepsister, the prince slash king to be. Yes. Really, Evangeline is just not safe no. with whoever she's with. Literally. Like, Marisol, betrayer, manipulative, fake, phony. We don't like her. Oh, I should say I don't like her. I don't know your feelings. Um, <laughs> Jax, it kind of seems like he's trying to help her while also not helping her. <laughs> is manipulating her every action. Yeah, by the end. But is also, like, might be getting feelings. But also is framing her with every kiss <laughs> so that it all gets tied back to her. <laughs> Chaos might make a comeback. Yeah. With his vampires because her first love was turned into one. <laughs> True. 
But really, the real villain is just love itself. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, we're going philosophical. Deep dive. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but with Jax kind of being a villain, he obviously needs this prophecy to come to pass. We don't know why. Yeah, he wants something in the secret little vault. Does that make him a villain or just highly motivated? (laughs) (laughs) He, well, he, he is the antagonist. He's going against Evangeline's motives. So in that, he's, he's villain versus antagonist, right? Versus love interest. Yes. Well, I mean, like, villain's like the person who does evil. Antagonist is just the person who goes against the the protagonist's wants. Yes. Which, so it's like, mm, where's that line? <laughs> and are you crossing it? <laughs> but I feel like, okay, I feel like with this story, and I'm not saying this as a bad thing, I'm just, I don't feel like there necessarily is a villain per se. More so like just people doing bad things. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it kind of is like a fairy tale in that way. Mm. Where it's just like, people are kind of stupid. Everyone's messing up at the same time. Yeah, kind of like Midsummer's Night, like Shakespeare. Mm. Shakespeare, yeah. very much like that. Like, oh, everyone's doing stupid things, except for there's this one person you have to follow through all their stupid things. Yeah, it's like you can't just blame it on one person mm-hmm. when everyone as a whole is just bringing the team down. Yeah. I mean, we don't know. Apollo might become the antagonist in the next one. Ooh, because they are still wed. They are still wed, and she did have him under a love spell. Well, actually, when he came out of the love spell, he was a lot more chill than I thought he'd be. He actually seemed disappointed. He was just like, oh, I'm, you know, on my honeymoon bed with oil on my chest and my love is fake. Oh, and then he died. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that was just like the breaking of the spell. Like, I don't think we actually saw like Apollo himself. Mm. Right. Mm. So like maybe he himself, like maybe he would be a tyrant ruler. Right. Those were the vibes I got when like. Um, Evangeline first got the invitation to go. Mm. I was like, oh, he's going to be the worst. <laughs> um, but maybe he is. Maybe he does have um, bad intentions towards his kingdom. And maybe Tiberius is actually the good guy in this. You know, that's a good idea, because what what what's a better villain origin story? You fall in love with a girl only to figure out it was a love potion. It was fake. Then you die. And then you're probably b- brought back to life. What else would you want but revenge? Cake. Oh, okay. You got a point. (laughs) (laughs) He wakes up. He's like, where's my wedding cake? Where's it at? Yeah. I mean, he didn't get his wedding night, so he might as well get the cake. He was unsatisfied in two ways. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Apollo, dude. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, honestly, I did like, I do like the idea of like the love interest not starting out as the antagonist. And then becoming the antagonist. I do like that too. Right? Yeah. Because then it's like, oh, it's because they weren't necessarily enemies to lovers. Evangeline and Jax weren't necessarily enemies to lovers. They were more like... Reluctant allies. Yes. Bargained people. I don't know what this is. To, you might be ruining my life? Question mark? Me with myself? (laughs) (laughs) But I liked that they were reluctant allies. Right, and then turned antagonist, and then to lovers. Oh, oh my goodness! Yeah, like that's honestly kind of really satisfying. Yeah, I do like that because you get the arc of the relation. There's so many emotions involved. There's so many emotions. So I honestly, I did like that Jax was kind of the antagonist. Yeah, 
that he well that you can't trust him mm-hmm. even if you think you can trust him with your heart you can't trust him with your heart you can probably kiss him oh wait, actually don't. no you can't <laughs> <laughs> i forgot about that part just have him kiss your neck what am i saying yeah I mean, that is what happened. Yeah, that, that was good. Yeah. So, maybe. Loophole. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, I do, I mean, like, like you said, like you said, there's not really an antagonist. There's not, like, one person who's doing bad. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, and I, I, I do like that. I do like the, like, oh, like, maybe this person will create an issue maybe this person maybe this one will become the big bad you know like i, I like that i, I like do the, like the idea too of like all the wrong all these different people's wrongdoings creating the villain mm-hmm. you know so you can kind of you can see the consequence of action <laughs> <laughs> that's a story that's a story <laughs> that's usually what happens <laughs> yeah like i i'm just i'm, I'm, I'm intrigued i'm intrigued i'm peaked Ooh, with a Q-E, Q-U-E-D-P-I. What? <laughs> <laughs> Why did you start in the middle and then go to the beginning? Because the difference between that peaked and other peaked is the Q. So I was like, let's get the Q out there. It's like P-E-A-K-E-D? Well, because, there's, yeah, P-E-A-K-E-D, then there's P-E-E-K-E-D, and then there's P-I-Q-U-E-D. I feel like... I. Okay. <laughs> I mean, but Taylor, you did say it. Love is the antagonist. Love is the antagonist. Don't trust love. Don't fall in love. And if you do, you're run. G- yeah, <laughs> your your life's gonna be ruined. <laughs> the moral of the story. That is the moral of the story. The also. author's like, this is not what I wanted anyone <laughs> to take away from this. So with the ending. I did have a few questions. I had, yeah. And I trust you more than myself. I don't. I got it wrong, remember? No. I did. (laughs) So Evangeline believes, she doesn't know for sure, but she highly believes that Jax purposefully killed slash not killed Apollo in order to manipulate her to completing the prophecy. So, from my understanding, Jax had to create Evangeline to be the key, right? For the pro- for the prophecy. So, he made her, I think, a widow and also a fugitive. and The you know, peasant to princess. Yeah, she had a pink hair and everything. But she, Evangeline thinks that Jax, like, killed slash not killed Apollo. Um, so, he could bring him back and use him as, like, a manipulating piece for Evangeline. So that she could... Just keep doing what Jack said. Because it's like, oh, wait, your husband is alive and you want to keep him alive. Do what I say. Oh. <laughs> He's holding Apollo ransom and hostage? A little bit. Oh. Poor Apollo. Yeah. And then we don't know who gave Tiberius the love potion. Yes. We don't know. It could be in the book, but we don't know. Yes, we don't know. <laughs> so if you do know, let us know. Yes, please. Inform us. So with the ending, with like Jax being like this revealed manipulator, I was like, well, one, maybe talk to the guy first. Yeah, we haven't seen him in, a, in like 40 pages. Yeah, and he's asleep in his own office and his heart was beating. 
Well, there was the thing when, well, there was that thing when Evangeline first went down to the little dungeon where he yeah. was Apollo. taking her. Yeah, when, yeah. She was, when he was taking her to Apollo where she was like, when Jax like said something in her head and she responded. Because she was like, oh, maybe you should come meet me here mm. instead. So like they were going to meet up. Yes. But then she discovers this and like, the book kind of ends there. Yeah. And so now it's kind of like. Ooh, wait, now I want to see that in the sequel. I want to see the confrontation. <laughs> because, well, because it just felt a little too much of, well, okay, did it feel too much like a leap? I don't know. I think I wish there was a little bit more evidence against Jax. Mm-hmm. I think is probably my main desire with the ending. Yeah, because a lot of what um, Evangeline suspects of Jax, like, I mean, it makes sense. It is something he'd do. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't have the evidence. Well, a lot of the things is just based on his, like, rude attitude towards her. Like, that is most of her evidence against is why he would do these things. She doesn't actually have the evidence. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, like, her line of thinking isn't completely incorrect. No. But I do wish that we as the reader could maybe... I felt like I just needed to believe it more. Yeah. I wanted to feel betrayed. It was like Evangeline couldn't really see it with Marisol, so why should should she be able to see it with Jax? And I wish that maybe, you know, like Apollo's Knight, the the woman who takes Evangeline down to see him, um, to see his body, that maybe the knight says something like, yeah, I noticed that when Jax came into town, that Apollo, you know, like, or something... Like, if the knight could have said something to give Aunt Evangeline reason to believe this. Like, kind of a catalyst of knowledge. I think he kind of does, but it's still... Evangeline does... She kind of does jump to conclusions a little bit. I mean, she does kind of... It, it's kind of like putting pieces together, but she doesn't have the confirmation for a lot of it. There's not enough links between the information. Yes. I actually don't think we'll get a confrontation between Evangeline and Jax in yeah. in the beginning of the sequel. I Probably think toward not. the middle or the end we will, but I feel like she's going to run off for a bit and we're not going to get Evangeline and Jax for a bit, which makes me sad. Yeah. Okay. Well, we do know that there's a sequel. To Once Upon a Broken Heart. It's called The Ballad of Never After. I currently have it on hold. I'm waiting to read it. (laughs) Um, But what do you think will happen in the sequel? In the sequel, well, no matter what, because I don't know if this series is going to be like a duology or a trilogy, but no matter what, I think Evangeline will definitely become a fate. Oh. Oh. She has too much the look of a fate. Pink hair? Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Um, I think... Evangeline won't confront Jax, therefore there will be a divide between them. So we won't see Jax probably for about like a third or half of the second book. But I do think she'll ultimately need something from him or he'll need something from her because he still has one last kiss. And so I think he'll hold the last kiss over her head, but ultimately he asks her to spend the last kiss on him. But she can't do that because she said so. Well, but bargain-wise, I think he'll compel her. The power of Jax compels you. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, though? What do you think will happen? To be honest with you, I have no idea what might happen. Just because the order of events was just very unusual in this story. So I honestly, I don't know. Mm. I mean, Apollo will most likely make a comeback. 
Makes and sense. And I do want to see it. <laughs> I want to see, like, Apollo for who he is after the love swell has broken and his confrontation with Evangeline. Does he still get portraits painted of himself? Does he? Did he actually get feelings for Evangeline a little bit throughout the whole thing? That's true. Mm-hmm. They cuddled that one night, that one time. <laughs> <laughs> that one time. Maybe it was more connecting than we know. Maybe, maybe so. Um... I do agree that I don't think that we're going to see Jax for a little bit, which makes me sad because I like him. Um, I think that Tiberius is going to be a bigger point of intrigue. I think we will get more lore, which I'm excited about. I do like the lore. Chaos is probably going to make a comeback, which I want to see too. I'm very curious about him. <laughs> it's the helmet. <laughs> it's hot. Um, I do want to see Luke come back. Just because it's, like, first love, you know? And it's, like, Evangeline's, like, trying to let it go and it'd kind of be, like, maybe, like, the final farewell when she finally comes to term with it. And when also to kind of settle why he tried to kill her or for her to confront him, like, hey, I tried to save your life, then you tried to eat me. I mean, he urges. He was becoming a vampire. He couldn't help it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we will see Agnes, the stepmother, again. Um, just because she's such a point of conflict for Marisol and Evangeline. And, like, they were trying to, like, get away from her. So I think she will also come back. What I want to see, I want to see, um, a kiss between Jax and Evangeline. Mm-hmm. One where she doesn't die. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Um, I, I do want to see more affection with Apollo. Um, I would like to see more angst. <laughs> more angst always always but like good angst not like the cheesy bad angst um yeah honestly i don't know where this book might go but i'm i'm interested to see yeah i went to barnes and noble to get the sequel oh. they were all sold out <gasps> gasp and i was like <gasps> i guess it was serious what it said never after <laughs> that's like me with love i swear whenever we actually want a book it, it gets sold out. Yep. Oh. <laughs> Wait, so it's because it's once a time a broken heart and like fairy tale, should we do the dreamy sound? Yeah. Okay, let me make sure it's not too loud. I've woken from a dream. <laughs> <laughs> we are now going to be playing How Would You Survive? We have four minutes to pose four survival scenarios that pertain to Once Upon a Broken Heart. Yeah, um, if you want to answer these and let us know, then let us know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, comment them, DM them. We usually put like a little Spotify questionnaire where I love to read your guys' answers because yes. you guys are funny. Yeah, let's, let's be funny together. <laughs> <laughs> so question number one. If you were in desperate need to stop your sister's wedding, what deal would you be willing to make with a fate? Um, I wouldn't make a deal with a fate. I would stop that wedding myself because I am not a coward. <laughs> <laughs> like, why did why did Evangeline need need him? Like, why couldn't she just been like, why don't you love me anymore? Like, literally, just like if she, I know she said she couldn't talk to him beforehand, but why couldn't she just go to the wedding? She would have been expected at the wedding. She could have just been like. Yo, what up? <laughs> Who dis? <laughs> I object. <laughs> I think, though, if she wanted to stay with Luke, like, still have the possibility of, of a future, that objecting at his wedding might not be the way to go. Well, she didn't get him anyway. Oh, that's true. 
Go big or go home? Yeah. If I had to make a, a deal with a fate, what would I be willing to sacrifice? I mean, actually, sacrificing kisses isn't that bad. Um, what if you had to kiss an old man? <laughs> <laughs> you were ready to swing with that back. <laughs> oh, and then Jax is like, it doesn't count as a kiss without tongue. Oh, man. Yeah. I'd be like, okay, okay. I, I'll i give three kisses, but be kind to me. <laughs> I'll give three kisses, but they have to be males between the age of my age and, like, 45. <laughs> 45? There might be some male celebrities <laughs> who I'm attracted to who fall in that age range. I can't, I can't, I can't discount that. Uh, the second question is, if you were a fate who just bargained to have the power to choose who someone kisses, who would you make that person kiss? Would you make someone kiss an old man? I would make it so terrible for them. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I would be like, here is this boy who has a lot of saliva. (laughs) I would be like, this boy has mouth herpes. Go. (laughs) But then I'd throw them a bone for the last one. (laughs) So they can give mouth herpes to someone else? Yeah. I'll just just riddle everyone with disease. (laughs) You know what? Based off that, Jax is actually a pretty nice fate. (laughs) Yeah, she got to kiss a prince. If I was being cruel, then yeah, I'd be like, oh, kiss the guy who just drank milk. Or kiss that person who just got their dental cleaning. Actually, that's not bad. That's not too bad, no. Go kiss that person who who just ate dirt. (laughs) 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 I don't know. (laughs) The saliva one took me off guard. But if I was being nice, I'd be like, kiss Henry Cavill, kiss Chris Hemsworth, kiss... Ma- Chris Hemsworth's married. Oh, don't kiss him? No. Well, okay. Well, I, I don't know who has who has partners. Because <laughs> I think Henry Cavill's dating someone. I don't know. Okay, that's not... That's not, like, committed, though. <laughs> <laughs> if, if they were single, and I don't know who's single, I'd say Henry Cavill. Ooh, Daniel Henning. Daniel Henning. I love that man. Very attractive. And Darth Vader. <laughs> Honestly, before the suit, though. <laughs> <laughs> now, the third question. If you wanted to get the attention of a prince who is in search of a bride, how would you do it? I would do it ex- the exact same way eventually did it. Love spell. <laughs> that is the only sure way. To get his attention. If I needed to become a princess, what? How? Why else? How else would I go about it? Okay, what did Apollo do? He worshipped her. He gave her all he all she wanted. She would not deny her anything. That is what I want. <laughs> I don't want the crown. I want devotion. Exactly. Is it fake? Sure. I'll, I can pretend it's real though. <laughs> um, I think I'd. <laughs> you know when you're a little kid and it's like you go to a concert I think everyone online has said this I'm not the first person to say this but you try to act cool because you think the band will notice you and be like oh wow that girl's so cool in the crowd like she's so cute I think I'd try to be like that but I would just be like the the what's that show called 
16 Candles with Debbie Ryan? Yes. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And where she goes, or like radio, something, something with radio. Like, yeah, where she like, where she like tucks her hair in and like looks up in like the weird Disney evil looking way. Yeah, that would be me, <laughs> and I would be escorted from the premises. <laughs> <laughs> so I would fail. I mean, I could also fail, but I would not. <laughs> <laughs> I could, but I wouldn't. <laughs> the last question is: If you were a fate. What would be your name and what would you be known for? Ooh, you're going to have a good one. No, I have no idea. I'm going to wing it. (laughs) I'd be the, I don't know. (laughs) I'd be, I'm trying to decide if I want to go cool or funny. Both. The night nacho. <laughs> Where I dropped my nachos at night and I couldn't save all the guacamole. So I'm always in search of a new plate of nachos. Aww. I made myself hungry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would be. The swan of saliva. That really got you, didn't it? Boy with a lot of saliva. I like though how it went up in in terribleness. Like a boy with a lot of saliva, then herpes, (laughs) then giving your crush herpes. Um, I would be the princess of Wanderlust. Oh, I knew you were gonna do a good one. Um, I would be known for getting lost. Yeah, wanting to search the world, but always being confined within my own limits. Oh, oh, that's terrible. Oh. I don't know what my powers would be, but there you go. I'm sorry. I'm sad. No. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I came up with something. It was so good. You whipped it up so fast. I just thought of words. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all so much for joining us in today's in-depth book discussion about Once Upon a Broken Heart by Stephanie Garver. We hope that you will join us in our upcoming episodes. If you enjoyed our content, don't be afraid to subscribe to the series and follow us on social media. On both Twitter and Instagram, we go by the handle at Kiwi and the Bird. And, and remember, remember, like a library, at Kiwi and the Bird, shh, happens. My goodness, my remember was so shaky. I was like, and remember. <laughs> <laughs>